This is the ATM at the Minute Podcast, episode 198. And on today's show, we're going to talk a little KD, a little cross-off oh, yeah. in the Eastern and Western Conference, who's officially out of the mix. going to talk about some of the play-in teams. Obviously, LeBron James is injured, but they've been climbing their way back up the standings. We'll touch it all. Maybe talk about some of the surging teams as well. And then we're going to flip it over, talk some NFL in the second half. Want to review some of our biggest hits and misses of the fantasy season. Keep ourselves true. You know, we got to cover the misses and the Amon Ross St. Browns. And then, yeah, of course, you we, were will, right. <laughs> we will close it with the NFL latest. I mean, the combine just started. There's been some quarterback uh, developments in the air floating out there so we're, we got you guys Aaron Rodgers is is what we mean Aaron Rodgers yes and Lamar that's Jackson primarily <laughs> yeah. that too that too but we got we got you covered we're gonna cover it all Jackson let's start with this how do you feel about the Kansas Jayhawks it's oh, not the big 12 standings that's, that's not where Let's I thought we were going of yeah. the big 12 championship last night against Texas Tech yeah, I'm eating a little bit of crow on that one. Uh, season's not over. They're looking good, though. Still not sold. All right, for context, this is totally selfish of me to start with this. Jackson's been saying for all season that Kansas is an average Big 12 team at best, so had to call my uh, shot. I uh, that's exactly know, what you uh, said. Uh, do we have the receipts? I don't know at yeah, best in there, but I said they are an average Big 12 team and they are not that much better than anyone in the conference this year. Not as much a knock on Kansas. Like, yes, I was trying to troll y'all because it's three Kansas people in a group text and me. But my whole argument is the Big 12 is so good and so deep that I don't feel like Kansas is leaps and bounds better than the rest of the conference like they have been in previous years. Now, they're so hot right now that they're proving to be the best team in the conference, most likely. But I still feel like the Big 12 is so good. They could lose any game. They had a lot of close ones. I do have to give them credit for closing out some of those closer games like TCU, Baylor. But I still don't think Kansas is a shoe in for the Final Four or the Elite Eight by any means. It's a weird college basketball year. It is a weird year. I'll give you that. It seems totally wide open. But I would also say, who at the top scares you that much? Houston. No one. Houston is going to be a tough out in the tourney. I'll give you that. Alabama, Bama. we know they have one of the best players in the nation. Kansas, though, 15 quad one wins. That is the most in the country. And also, Texas is down 16 with a minute left in the first half at TCU. If they lose that game, Kansas can lose in Austin on Saturday and still be outright Big 12 champs. So... Not an average mm. team got it done. And mm. I already I already punched a ticket ten to one that they repeat. So Wow. Look at the board, baby. It's it's probably It's uh, only ten to one. That's not enough. Mm, I don't know about I mean, that. They they are defending champs. That is true, but I feel like March Madness usually no one's ten to one or lower unless it's like the the Zion RJ Barrett Cam Reddish here at Duke. Yeah. No, my my secret's always been I guess for the last few years, which teams are top 20 in both offense and defense on Ken Palm. If a team is in that mix, just put them in the final four. Houston's up there. Kansas is up there. You pulling up the list right now? No, I'm just pulling up the standings so I can see if there's any other sneaky teams I want to throw out at you. Let's see. We have Houston's five on offense and defense. UCLA 22 on O. Two on D, Bama fits the criteria. UConn, I do like Purdue. UCLA. How about Marquette? Shock is smart. He's kind of found a new home. Things have been going well. They're twenty three and six. They've been incredibly hot as of late. I think they're a team that could finally make it to the Final Four. It seems like they're around every year in the tournament, but have never had that one marquee season. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know enough about their team. Have not had. Have not had a pulse on the Big East this year. Than, I barely I mean, watched any Big East basketball. I, I will not lie to you. I know Xavier's good. Colby Jones will probably be a late first round pick. Uh, but Villanova's way down with their new coach, Kyle Neptune. I mean, even despite adding a top 10 recruit and Cam Whitmore, they stink. And then Creighton, I, I was super high on Creighton. I thought they would be a top five team all season. They've massively underachieved. They're 18 and 11. What about UConn? 
They've fallen off as of late, but I think they're a team that should be in the mix still. Yeah, I wouldn't rule them out. I would not rule them out. I, I like a lot of their talent. I got some homework to do before we officially get to March, but I'm starting to give college basketball some more attention and watch other conferences besides exclusively the Big 12. It's just not an exciting year, man. I mean, you look at it and there's going to be one guy in the top six or seven out of college basketball that gets drafted, or I should say at the top six or seven of the draft, only one guy out of college basketball. Like that's, it's not very exciting. We'll see. I would bet, I'd bet the over-under should be two and a half. In the top seven. Man, I, I don't know. Maybe you get like a, a Whitmore or something. I think, yeah, Whitmore, Miller, maybe one Walker of the, out of Houston. Yeah, Darius Walker. That's three. All right. There it is. Maybe you one of the Thompson Arkansas twins, guards. You know, we'll see. We'll see. All right, though. All right. KD made his debut. Yes. Walk us so, through it. How are you feeling right now? Oh, I feel incredible, man. He looked great. Um, Chris Paul did the classic no-show performance, 33 minutes. He made one bucket. Didn't matter. KD and Booker were so good that Chris Paul is now expendable, and it is music to my ears. I mean, KD only played 27 minutes. He was 10 to 15 from the floor, six boards, two assists, 23 points. To start the fourth quarter, he had... What's up? He finished with 27. Are you Booker? I was talking about KD. Yeah, 27. Booker finished with... Wait, no, you got the wrong numbers in front of you. He had 23. No, I was looking at minutes. My bad. (laughs) I was going to say he had 23. Booker had 37. Booker scored almost all of our points in the third quarter. And then KD rested most of the third, came back to start the fourth and went on a 9-0 run himself. It's going to be really exciting. I love what Josh Okogie's turned into as a role player, doing all the little things, getting rebounds, offensive boards, diving on the floor for loose balls, steals, deflections. So I like our team. You don't have Aiton needing to do much other than a rebound, and KD and Book are going to carry it. I mean, 15 of 26 and 10 of 15 from the floor. I know we played the Hornets, but the road game, shoot that good. That's pretty encouraging. And you could just see the chemistry there. I think a lot of the USA basketball stuff has carried over. Booker's making plays on defense, getting little deflections and tip outs. And you could see how excited KD is giving him the huge dap up chest bump. It looks good, man. It looks good. I'm excited. I mean, I get why KD's excited when he went from the most unreliable guy in the world to Devin Booker, who is pretty quiet off the court i would say you don't hear too much about him he just i mean he was he just he works. Was complaining about the waste management and super bowl being in arizona at the same time he's like man what's with all this traffic i, I like when it's quiet out here he's yep. all business puts that work in i think they are a match made in heaven have to be the best duo in the nba we shout out Ryan Rusillo. yeah I, I agree with him on that i mean i do too who are you going to take over them? Tatum I don't think you can make an argument it's for anyone. Close. Nah, you, you, you can't make that argument. I mean, Devin Booker is clearly a better player than Jalen Brown, and KD still in another stratosphere from Tatum. I'm sorry, yeah. but it's just the truth. <laughs> I don't think it's much of a conversation, frankly. So, yeah, I'm excited to watch them. I threw that on immediately. Um, yeah, let's see where it goes. Don't get too excited, though. It was a win over a LaMelo ball-less Charlotte Hornets team. Uh, I don't care. They've played pretty good as of late. They're healthy besides LaMelo, whatever. I know PJ Sada. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Gordon Hayward's actually been playing good, surprisingly enough. Um, That's been quite the turn the last 20 games. But let's talk a little bit about the East here. Let's move over to our cross-offs. We have Charlotte that is toward the bottom of the standings in the East. And I'm thinking we just work from bottom to top and go through the teams that we want to cross off. And by cross-offs, to me, they're out of the mix. They're not going to make a playoff run. They shouldn't even be in the conversation Not necessarily like, could they win a championship, but will they even be in the mix down the stretch? So starting off at the bottom, we got the Pistons 15 and 48. That is a very clear cross off. I do like what I've seen from Wiseman though, in the games he's played so far. Yeah, they are very easily a cross off. Them and Charlotte are the two teams who are guaranteed to be in the bottom four of the standings and in the top of the lottery when it's all said and done. I like that Ivy is getting a chance to run the show a little bit, get some more of those developmental reps that he desperately needs. 
yeah, yeah. It's cool that they got Wiseman. I don't really understand why they need <laughs> I both don't him and Jalen Duran, who we all love. I'm pretty sure. Like he's the youngest player in the league, shown a lot of great flashes. Why not just let him have his run the rest of the way? Now to play devil's advocate, I think if you're Detroit, it's like, hey, we're tanking anyway. We can throw Wiseman out there and give him 20 to 25 useless minutes a night that don't matter to us. If he plays great, awesome trade value. Perfect. We can flip him down the road. If he doesn't play good and he stinks and we lose even more games, boo hoo. Oh, no, <laughs> we're going to get even better draft pick probably. So I think it's it's one of those moves where it's like there's no risk to it. Might as well bring him in. Shit. Yeah, but that's all besides the point. We've given the Pistons enough discussion here. I, I will say this. Last week, I was very strong on the Scoot must go to over Brandon Miller front. And then Brandon yeah. Miller dropped 41 the very next game. I think maybe you would consider it. I think if you're I, I a smart front to. office... You definitely have the conversation. You do your due diligence. We've seen Sam Presti do crazy things if, like take if, Westbrook at four when no one expected it. I wouldn't be shocked if someone did it. Yeah, but this is all operating under the assumption that everything comes back clean with Brandon yes, Miller and obviously. he's exonerated. And so, yeah, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but keeping it back in the East here, we will cross off the Pistons. We will cross off the Hornets. Next on the standings, we've got the Magic at 26 and 36. They're only three and a half games out of the play-in. They're a clear cross-off, but do you think this team is going to try and push for that play-in spot and sneak into the playoffs? Um, I do think they're going to try. but Or do you think they're about to tank it up? Before we get there, whole reason I brought that up is I think the Pistons would be one of those teams to consider Miller over Scoot because they have Ivy and Cade. Oh, welcome to the dark side, Peter. Thank you. Thank like you. Like I said, take it, you know, look at the context of the situation. Um, and then are we done with the Hornets as well? Yeah, I don't really have a ton on the Hornets. They're 20 and 44. I do like what Mark Williams is giving yeah, them. I'm glad that I they asked. got Plumlee out of there to free up minutes, but that's like the only real bright spot and hey gordon hayward's actually been out there playing decent maybe you know he could help another team out next year for 15 games that he's healthy yeah they need to finally trade him and terry but shout out mark williams quickly and then i'll answer your magic question who you got going forward williams or kessler they were very close on a lot of draft boards you lean in either way now it's it's way too I mean, early but if you had to, yeah you had to throw a dart the sample size is so small for Mark Williams, but I think there's more offensive potential there, so I'd go with him, but it's it's hard to make too definitive of an argument for that when Walker Kessler's putting up 17, 15, and 7 blocks every other night. <laughs> yeah, two great senator prospects. Maybe they should have gone a little bit earlier. We'll see. But yes, I think the Magic will stick to their guns, try to win as many games as they can down the stretch. If you look at the East... It would take some work for them. Well, I guess they're only two behind Indiana. But I don't know. I, I think they want to see what these guys are capable of. We saw Paolo dominate in crunch time the other night. Great stretch, man. I was watching that game, and I was very impressed. Maybe, yeah, maybe the most impressive stretch of his young career. So, yeah, I, I think they want to see what they have with those guys. And even if it doesn't work out, if they miss the plan, they're still going to have very good lottery odds. Okay, a few other teams. I'm going to pick up the pace a little bit here. But the Pacers, love Halliburton, love their young core, love Matherin. They're at 28 and 35. They're two games back of a playing spot, but they're a firm cross-off. No one's scared of them. They're not making it out of the first round, even if they get a seven or eight seed. I feel the same way with Chicago. With I, I know they got star power, and it, it's just, it's a disaster there, man. I mean, they're three and seven in their last 10. They're 11 and 21 on the road. They're not a ton better at home. 29 and 34 i feel like we can cross them off no one's scared of them in the first round if they do make it in yeah they're the team that had the most disappointing trade deadline they had a lot of ways to shake things up instead they stood pat with a mediocre roster and i don't know what they're doing like, yeah either go get better and try to get a playoff spot or blow it up and try to go get your first round pick back because if you have a top four pick you get it back. You don't have to give it up. And it, yeah, it just doesn't yeah, make I mean, any sense what they're doing. What are you excited about going the rest of the way with Levine and Vooch? 
and then not getting your first. If you can trade those guys, at least you have a chance at getting three. I'm officially there. Three guys who I think are going to be awesome pros. I'm throwing Miller in the mix. And then Eamon Thompson, I mean, if you've seen him. A lot of potential. Yeah. So I don't I don't get it at all with him. And yeah, I'm crossing him off. Not winning the first round. They get swept. I'm with you. So now we get to our play-in teams here. The first one being the Washington Wizards at 29 and 32. They're a firm cross-off. I mean, Kuzma's been great. Porzingis has been surprisingly really good. Yeah, yeah. Bradley Beal's a massive disappointment for the contract he's on. No one's scared of this team. They don't play any defense. They're getting swept in the first round if they get in. Agreed. All right, number nine. This is where it gets interesting for me because the Toronto Raptors are here. A couple weeks back, they were at the bottom of the play-in, if not out of the play-in from game to game. They're 8-2 and two over their last 10. They picked up Pirtle, which has been a huge help. Center was clearly the position they were weakest at. And I am not willing to cross this team off. I know they are one game below 500, but I think they could upset a 76ers or a team like that in the first round if they were able to get a 6 or 7 seed. And I will not cross Toronto off. I won't do it. Too much talent there. Yeah, I'm not ready to do it just because Nick Nurse is a championship winning coach. I know things seem to maybe have soured a little bit with him from what I've heard. Sounds like he could maybe move on to something else if they don't end the season well here. But yeah, they have enough talent. And if they were to match up with Philly or Cleveland or hell, if the Knicks get into the top half of the East, I would certainly give them a shot in that matchup. I love the Pirtle acquisition. I'm surprised more teams weren't going after him for the cost. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Okay. And just for some context for you listeners, they are four games back of the Brooklyn Nets for the sixth spot, five games back of the Knicks for the five spot. I know I said I think the Knicks are going to tumble down the standings and then they've gone on a win streak, but I think they're going to come back to reality soon. And I I would not be surprised if Toronto jumped both of them before the season's over. Wow, no, I'm all in on the Knicks right now. Like, All right, we'll get there. I, I would cross them off in a heartbeat, but clearly you feel different. Uh, let's move through the rest of these play-in teams. We've got the Hawks at eight, sitting at 31 and 31. I'm ready to cross them off with all the drama there, Trey Young, roster composition. Now, they did get Quinn Snyder. I think that's an exciting acquisition, bringing him in as your head coach. I think he will provide some stability, and he has worked with stars in the past and had interesting dynamics with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and seemed to get the most out of it for a handful of seasons before it all went south. They could finish the year strong, but they don't scare anybody in the first round, and I would be absolutely shocked if they won a playoff series. Yeah, me too. They are 21st on defense, 11th on offense, and Clint Capella is not the rim protector that Rudy Gobert is. I think Snyder will be able to utilize those two, like you mentioned, and they'll be more efficient on offense than they have been, but we talked about the problems that they have, and I just think it's an interesting hire for them to make. Snyder was going to have his options this offseason, But I think that front office or ownership told him you're going to have a lot of say in this roster going forward. That is the only way that he would take this job. Also, he's getting $8 million a year, reportedly. I think that helps. Yeah, that puts him towards the top of the league. Uh, So it's a messy situation. But by all accounts, Quinn Snyder's one of the best coaches in the NBA. Maximized his talent in Utah. So would you cross them off? Or are you leaning toward no, you still think they have a shot to get things right, make a little playoff run? I would give them a chance against the non-Boston-Milwaukee teams. And this is where I lead to... How do you feel about Philly right now? I mean, they've been good over their last 10, 15 games, but at the end of the day, I don't trust them in the playoffs. Like, we can't cross them off because, in theory, there's a chance, you know, maybe in the second round they're going up against the Celtics and, like, Tatum misses two or three games. That could change everything. But, yeah, I'm I'm never going to trust Joel Embiid and James Harden in the playoffs until they prove otherwise. Yeah, and it, it's kind of like the whole Giannis, like, best player in the world for the first 47 minutes thing. Embiid is very similar like he can keep you competitive throughout most of a game, but then they just collapse in the fourth quarter. 
and I think we saw two examples Saturday night and Monday night. They blow a 15-point lead against Boston in a very winnable game, hostile environment, an 8.30 tip in Philly. You know that crowd was destroying the Celtics players. Jalen Brown came out and spoke about it after. Yeah. And then Monday night, they blow another winnable game to the Miami Heat. I'm done with Dallas. That's an aside. The, the Kyrie, right, we'll get to them. The Kyrie Luka experiment is not working out, but I think Philly is yeah. the Dallas of the Eastern Conference, and they have zero shot at a title. So ah, I like if, that. Would you would Hawks... you cross them off? No, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> but point being, if the Hawks were to match up with them, I would give them a chance once again. They beat them previously. All right, that's fair. My next team, or the next team here at number seven, the Miami Heat, I was going to say for me, this is another team I'm not willing to cross off. I think with what they did last year, I know they're 33 and 30, but I feel like if that was the 7-2 matchup against Boston, I'm not convinced Boston's going to beat them. I mean, we saw the series last year. Miami has seemed to always have their number. You cannot count Jimmy Butler out in a playoff series. As long as they don't get Milwaukee first round, I think Miami has a shot to make a little bit of a run, maybe even an Eastern Conference Finals with how things are sitting. Yeah, I mean, they beat Boston in the bubble to make the finals, I believe. Um, I think as long as they don't match up with Milwaukee, who, remember, waxed them a couple yes, of years two ago. two years ago. I will give them a chance. So I'm I am with you. with you. And then the rest of the East, like, we're not actually crossing anybody off, are we? Yeah, I'm going to cross the Nets off. I'm going to go ahead and okay. cross them off. That's fine with me. They're at, <laughs> they're at the six seed. They're three and seven in their last 10. Mikel's had some great games. Cam Johnson's had some good games. We saw the, you know, the Cam Thomas flashes a few weeks ago, but they just don't have enough. I mean, there's, there's not top end talent there. That's comparable to some of these teams. And I love Jock Vaughn. I love a lot of their pieces. I think they're a team to watch over the next few years as they could potentially try to add a star or consolidate some assets, but they're a cross off this season. And frankly, I feel the same way about the Knicks at 36 and 27. I don't care how great of a home court advantage Madison square garden is. I don't care how great Brunson and Randall are playing. They flat out don't have the talent to compete with Boston or Milwaukee or even Philly. And I don't think they stand a chance against any of those three teams in a playoff series. You're not impressed by their 15 point win over Boston the other night. No. Jalen Brown didn't play every once in a while. Boston no shows games on the road. Not that impressed. Okay, well, they have not lost a game since the Josh Hart trade. They are gelling. Vibes are high. I would give them a chance in a first-round series. If they got the Cavs, I would. If that was the 4-5, yeah. I'd give them or a the, shot. Or and the I feel, Sixers. Nah, there's not enough talent there. Not enough talent. Okay, I, I know man. I just bashed the Sixers, but I don't think there's enough talent, man. Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson don't really scare anybody. Let's be real. Well, I know for damn sure Jalen Brunson can play basketball at a high level. He's going to make them competitive. Every guy on their team now wants to compete. They, they figured you out the rotation as, as you want, but okay, they don't even, what would you say, Randle and Brunson? Are either of them top 30 players in the league? Top 20? Top 25? I don't think so. Checks notes. No, but <laughs> well, I don't think you can win a playoff series or actually make a run without one of those guys. And There's... I kind of feel the same way about Cleveland. You do have Donovan Mitchell there, but Cleveland doesn't scare me. I, I do think with Jared Allen and Mobley and those pieces that they have on the defensive end, they could make a series against a Milwaukee or a Boston a little bit more fun, but I'd be ready to cross Cleveland off. I think really, the only two teams that I think have a shot are the Bucks and the Celtics. And then I give the Heat and the Raptors long shot odds just because they've been there and they do have that top end talent. Look, whenever you said cross odds, I didn't think we were going to be talking about Cleveland and Philly, really. I mean, I can't go that far. I mean, I can't actually cross off Philly or Cleveland. Who's but... actually got a chance of winning a title? We can. <laughs> I'll stop at the Nets. All right. Yeah. The Knicks are a personal cross off, but for the sake of this exercise, I guess not. We'll stop at the Nets if that's fair. Yes. Thank you. Um, the Nets, they need to figure out their roster. Way too many wings. They'll do it this offseason, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. They gave up 142 points to the red hot Knicks tonight, and they're supposed to be a defensive team. So let's cross them off and go to the West. All right. I think we can. 
rapid fire the Rockets and Spurs. They are both firm cross-offs. Spurs finally broke their losing streak last night. Rockets are now on a 10-game losing streak currently. No point in talking about either of them unless we're going to talk about their draft draft odds. Um, Next, we have OKC. Oh, you got something on them. Yeah, miraculously, the Spurs won after losing 16 straight. I just think that needs to be mentioned because Popovich was so anti-tank last year, and now he's captain of the ship. And then Houston, I think, is worth mentioning because of this story that's come out on James Harden. I just want to hear your thoughts on this. It sounds like he could go back. Yeah, it sounds like it is a highly likely scenario. If I'm going to be honest, Peter, I don't care, man. I just don't care. James Harden could go to Houston and bring whoever he wants, and they're not going to be anything. I'm not going to watch them. Yeah. I don't care. I I don't think it makes any sense whatsoever, but it is an interesting story. Philly can give him the most money of any team. They can give him a five-year, $272 million deal. Which and- would be stupid of them. Yeah, every other team can give him four years, $201 million, and the raises year over year are smaller than what Philly could give them. To me, I I just don't understand why Houston is coming at him with open arms, trying to bring him home. Sounds like he's got a great relationship with Tillman Fertitta, their owner, and they think he could mentor Jalen Green and turn things around quicker. But I think this is a case study in how not to build a team. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. You want you want Harden to mentor there? Well, he's also going to take Jalen Green to the club with him. I yeah, just don't and get it. Thinking that he would fix your locker room or be the like the grown up vet that's going to tell the younger guys how to behave. I just yeah, they, I can't see that happening. And they say he's been great with Maxi. So. I don't care. I don't care. I, I will not buy into any positive James Harden locker room narrative. I don't care. <laughs> I also think that Houston at this point is kind of seeing the writing on the wall of, hey, whether we have, you know, Jalen Green, Shingoon, whatever talented young guy we get in the mix, we still have no shot to be relevant in the West for the next four to five years. So they need a maybe if guard. we get Harden, we could make the play in. Yeah, I mean, if they get women Yama, then honestly, if they get women Yama and then sign Harden, you're going to tune in. Maybe for one or two games to watch Wimbanyama, and then I'm going to watch Harden dribble for 23 of the 24 seconds on the shot clock, throw up a 30-footer, and proceed to turn it off. I don't think it's going to be Maury ball. I think... It's going to be Harden ball. That's Harden ball, brother. All he does is just dribble, 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 and he's playing with Embiid. Like, can you imagine if he's in Houston with no other real stars? He leads the league in assists right now. I mean, he's finally deferring a little bit. You have to give him he, that. Yeah, but when the ball's in your hand 24-7, at some point a guy's going to make a shot on the rare chances you do pass it. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I just harden, man. Sixers are even tough to watch now because of him. I just don't enjoy watching the brand of basketball he plays. Uh, let's keep it moving, though. OKC at 28-33. and 33. They are a game and a half out of the play-in, but they are clearly starting to uh, tank it up. Shea missing games for mysterious reasons now apparently has COVID. I think there's going to be other guys that get shut down or miss five, six game stretches for who knows what reasons. But I think the tanking is arrived. Yeah. First game back after the all-star break plays fine, end up losing. And then they say he hurt his ankle or it's just, you know, rest, whatever it is. He could be playing if they needed him to. And then health and safety protocols. This is the first player for the Thunder to enter them this year. And they are down five against the Lakers with 36 seconds left. So haven't won a game since the break. I'm really disappointed as a fan. I don't think yeah, right. I don't think they've gone like full tank mode yet. But the other night they had Lou Dort, Lindy Waters, Aaron Wiggins, and a couple others out there. And I was like, this is not the Thunder basketball I was expecting to be watching right now. But you got to give some credit to Presti because here's the thing. When you look at the standings right now, the teams below them, the Magic, the Hornets, the Pistons, the Spurs, and the Rockets, all it takes is a couple skids. And next yeah. thing you know, the Spurs and Rockets we are right there. Are like 14 games behind us. 
But it doesn't matter. We're not going to catch them. But the thing is, if we can get the fourth or fifth best lottery odds, we could still get Wimbenyama. So the difference between five and 10 or 11 is massive. And there's so many teams that are stacked up at that 26, 27, 28, 29 win mark right now, where we're on a five game skid. If that turns into a 10 game skid, next thing you know, we're going to have the fifth best lot, fifth best lottery <laughs> odds. Yeah. I mean, you do make a good point. The Magic have 26 wins. The Pacers have 28. So a couple more. And if the Magic keep trying, they will be at five. Paolo, you keep balling, brother. You keep doing your thing in crunch time. And OKC, let's tank it up. I think we've seen that this team is ready. We've seen what Shea is. He's clearly an all-NBA guy. He's an all-star. We'll get him next year. We'll get him next year. Yeah, it seems like they got him his all-star appearance, and now they're going to be very cautious with him the rest of the way. <laughs> yep. And I think that's that played great by Presti. Played great. Shea's got to be somewhat content. He did get the all-star appearance. Now he will be eligible for a bigger extension in a few years. It all works out. The team they played tonight, the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. No LeBron for the, the next few off, weeks. By the way. Do what? I'm co-signing the Thunder cross-off. Okay, are you co-signing a Lakers cross-off? No. Why? They're with this win, a half game out of the play-in. The Pelicans should get better as they get healthier. Dyson Daniels hopefully back soon. And then Portland is starting to get healthier. We've seen what Dame has done. I don't think there's any chance the Lakers make the play-in with no LeBron for two to three weeks, if not longer. And I mean, AD didn't play tonight for some injury. I don't think you can count on him being out there, and they just don't have enough. Like, there's there's no way they even make the play-in, so I'm going to cross them off. That's fine, but like you said, actually, the, the first thing you said was they are a half game out of the play-in. It looks like they're one game out of the play-in. With the win tonight, they'll move to half a game. There we go. That's exactly it. I like the additions they made. We ha- we saw Vanderbilt have a 15 and 17 and two block game the other night. He was fantastic. I think they improved their roster enough to be competitive and without LeBron. I mean that's that's the big X factor. We don't have enough information on when he's going to come back. It sounds I mean, two like 2 3 weeks be, is enough for me. Yeah, it sounds like it's at least 2 weeks. I think AD, they saw the schedule. They're playing Oklahoma City, no SGA. They said, we're going to roll the dice here. We think we can get That's it done. Stupid. It worked. That's stupid. It worked. Um, but I, I think he'll be back for the next one. And if he can hit that same level he was playing at earlier on in the year when LeBron was out, I think they have to be in the mix here. We, we just don't have enough of a sample size with this new roster to know. So I'm not ready to cross them off yet. And then if LeBron is able to come back in two weeks, let's go. I mean, he, he rolled his ankle, said, I heard it pop, and then finished the game. He looked totally fine. This guy is I never know human. what to believe with him. I'm not I, ready I never to know it. what to believe. He lays on the floor like he's dead every other game and then ends up finishing it. So I can never tell when he's actually hurt and when he's not. But this one, two to three weeks minimum is everything I've seen. I'm crossing him off. Portland, I think... No matter how great Dame plays, he could drop 70 every game. They're a cross-off. They're not beating anyone in a playoff series, even if they were to sneak into the play-in and then somehow get to the 8th seed or 7th seed. They're a firm cross-off for me. Yeah, I'm with you there. I love the Dame story, how well he's playing this year. He's he's honestly one of the top league pass guys, but I just don't get it. I don't know why they traded Josh Hart. I thought you just keep him around, re-sign him, extend him, whatever. If you're serious about contending with Dame in his prime, it just doesn't make any sense, man. Unless they have some slick move in their back pocket that they're going to use this off season. This front office just seems to make bad decisions time and time again. And yeah, they are not going to win a playoff series. Only thing I could think is if they've got this gut feeling that they can have kind of like a rehab second half of the year with Cam Reddish and Thibel and then flip them this summer with a lot of picks and some other package to get a star. They think that gives them a better shot with more trade chips, but I'm with you. It was a stupid move. They're a cross off. Number 10, the New Orleans Pelicans. They are at 30 and 32 and 
yeah, I, I might have been a little bit wrong. Zion might have meant more to them than <laughs> I originally was saying, but they can't stay healthy. They can't keep a consistent group out there. I mean, the injury report for them every single night is stacked. So it's hard for me to really say, but I feel like even if they do get all of their pieces back, there's so much for them to figure out in such a little amount of time where I'm ready to cross them off. I don't think that they can win a first round series against any of the top teams in the West, especially if they end up with the Nuggets or the Suns. Yeah, I hate to admit it, but I'm with you on New Orleans. I think LA should be, you You can take the Lakers Jump the Blazers, Pelicans, and Jazz, not even in the standings, just the way that you think about them. And yeah, that's just totally talent. fine. I mean, the Pelicans yep. are toast. We, like LeBron, we don't have a lot of information on Zion, and I'm not going to trust any report that comes out on him. We've had two years where he'll be back in a month, and then a month turns into three. So, yeah, who knows if he's Sadly. coming back this year. They're a disaster. They've lost four straight. They went on a hell of a skid before the All-Star break. Can't take them seriously whatsoever. And the Jazz, I mean, they made a blow. Cross them off. Yeah. yeah, they lost to the Spurs last night. We all know what time it is for them. They're tanking it up. THT is now playing big minutes. He barely played all year. It's over. They're pulling the plug. My guy, Ochoa, is he's finally playing. He is playing. They're high on him. I yeah. mean, he's been solid, but like they're yeah, they're not going to win very many games these last 20 or so. Then we get to the eight seed here, and this is where we've got Minnesota, and then we've got Dallas half a game above them. And these are the last two teams that I think should be considered as cross-offs because after them, you get to the Clippers, Warriors, Suns, yada, yada. I'm going to throw it out there really quick. Russell Westbrook going to the Clippers and playing big minutes is the worst thing they ever could have done. I can't believe they're actually starting him and playing him in crunch time. He's single-handedly going to torpedo their season. So I've lost some. Uh, I've, I've lost some hope for the Clippers. I can't believe they're still playing him 30 plus minutes a night, even after a few games. Um, we'll see if that changes. I don't think it's gonna. I don't know what Ty Lue is thinking. I'm starting to lose a little bit of a uh, little bit of hope in him and a little bit of respect for him. We'll see what what uh, what tweaks he makes. But to Dallas and Minnesota, either of these teams, do you feel like you could cross them off right now? I know you're feeling some type of way about Dallas. Yeah, with Dallas, I'll say like they have a chance at winning a series for sure just because of Luka. But yeah. the Kyrie thing, it hasn't worked out at all. I think they're 1-5 in five or 1-6 in six since making the trade. I believe that's with both of them playing. They've yeah. actually been okay with just Kyrie or just Luka out there. They stink down the stretch, man. They're terrible. They've lost so many close games where they just cannot figure out who's going to initiate the offense and who's going to take the last shot. Yeah, maybe they figured that out over the next few weeks, but I just think on defense, they're not going to have enough. And then they refuse to play their best players. So Jason Kidd, he's going to be gone this offseason. That's my prediction. Ooh, that's bold. All because of his Christian Wood vendetta. All because they are underachieving Luca, man. They should yeah. be improving year over year. And they're taking a step back. They were a top 10 defense last year. Right now they are checking 23rd. So, I mean, that's a massive step back. And then they traded their best wing defender for Kyrie Irving. So I'm yeah, ready to cross them off. 12 and 19 on the road. If they do end up, I mean, they're in the play-in, so you never know. But if they do end up getting the six, seven, or eight, they're going to be on the road for all the playoffs. So um, I don't think they have too good of a shot. I'm not going to cross them off, though, because like you said, with Luka, they could get hot when a series or two. Minnesota, though, at eight, I am ready to cross them off. As much as I love Ant and think anything is possible with them, Minnesota's not winning a playoff series this year. They're not ready. Cat has missed so much time. Gobert's been pitiful. Even if Cat comes back and looks better, they have too much to figure out, kind of similar to New Orleans, except they don't even have as much talent altogether. They're not as deep. I'm ready to cross them off. Do we know when he's coming back? No, I have not heard any updates or anything definitive. All right, here you go. He could miss per, the rest of the regular season. Per Shams, his expected return date somewhere between March 7th and March 18th. All that said, I don't trust him in the playoffs. He's a big baby, so we can cross him off. 
Yup. And then that leaves us with Clippers, Warriors, <laughs> Suns, Kings, Grizzlies, and Nuggets. I don't think the Kings should be taken too seriously, but if they keep winning and they stay at the three seed or if they're somehow move up to the two and you know get hot and pass Memphis, I think they do have to be taken somewhat serious and we can't cross them off, even though all logic says they're not going to win anything. Yeah, I am with you there. Um, but Fox, like you got to take him seriously. He leads the league in clutch scoring. Uh, he should make an all NBA team. He's been really good, man. I watched them a lot being on the West coast and he does not get the credit he deserves. Yeah. And we should mention the double OT game against the Clippers Friday night, 176 to 175 Fox and monk both had 40 plus balls in that one. Yeah. Monk with a little 45 piece. Yeah, here's a stat. Did we haven't done this recently? Top five clutch scores in the league this year. No, you definitely got Fox one, and Fox then... is one with 157 clutch points. Number two checks in with 127. Yeah, he's averaging 1.2 more points per game in clutch time than the next closest players. You Unreal wanna... when you think about it. That's a five minute span. I mean. You want to guess Why? two through five? Just throw some names out there. Yeah, two through five. Let's go. Let's go. Tatum at two. Tatum uh, is. I'd throw Giannis out there. Giannis is. I don't know if Giannis is on here. I guess he's sitting a lot of times 36, because they're up yeah. by so much and they don't have that many close games. Brunson is one that I Brunson believe is, is top five. Two. Then after that, would Kawhi Leonard be up there? Oh, come on, dude. He's missed so many games. Yeah, but he's playing down the stretch in their close ones most of the time. Kawhi, 36 I guess I'm thinking, tied with Giannis. All right, I'm thinking more points per game in clutch time and not I'm as much total, total points. Uh, Jokic? Jokic? I guess they don't have that many close games. He can't be on there. <laughs> yeah, all right. I, I got it for you. Brunson Jimmy? is two. DeRozan is three. Clarkson mm. is four. Luka Doncic, five. That makes then, sense. They're all around 500, so they have a lot of close games. Yeah, you're next to SGA is six, Jimmy Butler, seven. All right. Well, that, not the best work on my end. At least I got one and two. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, interesting, though. I, I, I like the Kings. I'm not ready to cross them off. They're fun to watch. Like, who would have thought that the Kings are one of the most exciting teams and one of the top league pass teams this year? Not I. I t I said take their under for the season. So that was a that was a huge miss. Speaking of yeah, the over's already hit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are we done with crossoffs? Should we go to our hits and misses? Yeah, let's go ahead and move over to fantasy. I think that's it for crossoffs. We'll definitely have a lot more NBA to come as the regular season closes out over the next month. All right, let's end the show with some football today. At the top, we mentioned how we're going to review our biggest hits and misses of the 2022 fantasy season. Jackson, I will give you the floor. Let's start on a positive note. What was your biggest hit of the year? My biggest hit of the year was my overall strategy on receivers and running backs. And that was Which take was? receivers early and take a lot of flyers on running backs rounds four through nine. Guys like Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson, you hit on two of those and you're set. Um, I know that we argued a lot about that and there were some running backs in the mix that didn't work out there like Clyde. He was one I whiffed on, but <laughs> did hit on Sanders, did hit on Jacobs, hit on Etienne, hit on Ramondre, and those guys were huge for all of my teams. Yeah, okay. So uh, my my picks were all like single players. You have You have some of those as well? Yeah, I think Lamar Jackson is one I was dead on about. I said I would not take him with those top tier of QBs. I don't trust him to be healthy and be available, and that wound up being the case this season. Okay, I'll I'll give you two. My big hit, tease it at the top, Amon Ra. I said he was going to finish as a wide receiver one. He finished as wide receiver seven overall. I don't know why he was going so late in drafts. He was projected, or he was going like wide receiver 26. Back People in. were down on Goff. I think that was really it. People didn't trust Goff to have a good season, and he proved a lot of people wrong this year. Yeah, and St. Brown had this crazy six-game stretch to end his rookie year, finished as wide receiver 21. 
as a rookie, it makes no sense for him to be going later than that in drafts, which is what was happening. So he's done it once again. I think he'll be going as a wide receiver one in next year for fantasy. And then my big miss was a running back. You mentioned Josh Jacobs. He was on my do not draft list because of the preseason stuff. Are they going to cut him? How's McDaniel? You read way too deep into him taking snaps in the hall of fame game. I I gave that like a tiny bit of a tiny bit of bearing, not a lot, but I was also concerned about McDaniels coming in and running the offense, going the Patriots platoon committee running back approach. That was not the case. Jacobs finished as RB3, 19.3 PPR points per game, 12 touchdowns. I mean, he he was huge. He was year. a beast. Career year, and he's going to get the franchise tag, so good for him. Yeah, so uh, my biggest whiff, I would say, my approach at number one, I said take Jonathan Taylor, and holy <laughs> shit, that just did not work out. But the thing was, my... Uh, my one beat of that was okay. Take Cooper cup. And that didn't really work out either. I mean, well, it was on pace to until he got hurt, but yeah, with, with cup, I don't think that's a miss. I mean, he was crushing once again until the injury and maybe he could have come back at the end of the year, but just wasn't going to happen with how their season went. The other guy, Taylor, I think there was some systemic risk there with Matt Ryan as quarterback in this Colts QB experiment continuing for one too many years, actually like three too many years. Uh, but yeah, that's the. I'll risk. say that was a hit. I did hit on Matt Ryan. I said, "Don't touch him with a ten foot pole." <laughs> yeah, you did well. Counterproductive to my JT take. Yeah, um, but does that change your thoughts on this coming year? You gonna take? Yeah, a man. Back I don't. I don't top? want the number one pick. I if I have the option to try and trade out of that spot, I will ten times out of ten. You want to just take Jefferson? I don't even know. Yeah, probably, but I don't even know what I would do at one. I'd much rather be at five or six and be able to know I'm going to get a guy in the second round a little bit earlier and have what I feel like is a little more flexibility. Because if you miss at one, you're done. You're done. You just take receiver. You take Chase. You take Jefferson. You take Cup if Stafford's back and healthy. Yeah, maybe. I think that is the move. And if you're really crazy, you take Travis Kelsey. I was going to say one of my next hits was Kelsey and Mahomes. It's worth reaching on them and taking them around or some picks early. It's worth taking Kelsey late in the first. It's worth taking Mahomes in the third. Those guys were league winners this year, especially if you stacked them. Yeah. All right. I'll give you a couple more hits or I'll give you one hit and one miss. Christian Kirk was a guy going rounds eight, nine, 10, I never thought this one made that much sense. They paid him $18 million a year. Sometimes you do have to follow the money when it's this significant. That is major money for any wide receiver. And they're an ascending offense. One thing I didn't do was put enough stock into the coaching change from Urban Meyer to Super Bowl winner and former NFL quarterback Dougie P. So I think we all should have put more stock in Kirk coming over there, Trevor Lawrence taking a step this year. If you got him that late in the draft, that paid off big time. Absolutely. Uh, Another whiff that I had, we both, this collectively was probably our biggest whiff. I think you know where I'm going. Kyle Pitts. Allen Robinson. No, Allen Robinson. I was not on Pitts. I've never been a Pitts guy. But we missed so bad on that. I think we just wiped it from our memory by week four. I really did think he was going to be a nice number two to cup. I thought he'd be one-on-one a lot. Him and Stafford would be on the same page, have great rapport, and the Rams were just a disaster this year. Robinson never got going. Seems like his best days in the league are behind him, unfortunately. Yeah, there was a good story from The Athletic by Jordan Rodrigue that came out a week ago just talking about the Rams' implosion and all the stuff Sean McVay was dealing with going through mentally this year. Sounds like he was just like pretty burnout and yeah, the Robinson thing didn't work at all. They didn't have a good enough offensive line to protect Stafford, even get him the ball. Yeah. It was a total disaster there. My big miss though. What other, uh, what other hits and misses you got? That's about all the ones I brought. Yeah. Kyle Pitts. I said, take him in the third round. If you listen to me, I might've nuked your fantasy season. So, you can blame me yeah. on that. 
28 catches and two touchdowns in 10 games. Finished as tight end 33 behind Foster Moreau and Logan Thomas. That's and laughable. ahead of Dale Bellinger, Jelani Woods, and Noah Gray, the backup for the Chiefs. So, Sad, man. Yeah, that was huge. I'm I'm not out on him long term, though. I think if they can get a new quarterback in there this year, let's see what happens. Uh-huh. It's all going to depend on who's throwing the ball. Yeah, another couple misses for you. Trey Lance. I mean, the guy broke his ankle, so are we... Yeah, you can't really do much about that. All right, thanks for cutting me some slack there. And then another really bad one, dude. I'm embarrassed by this. Chase Edmonds. I felt comfortable taking him like seventh, eighth round. This is... You were all over him in the mocks we were doing. Like, every single one, you'd get him. Well, I was totally right about the Dolphins' offense being sick. (laughs) yeah we just didn't realize they were going to burn through three running backs before they found a couple guys they liked yeah and they also did give him a solid contract after a really great season for arizona so i thought okay this makes sense you're bringing the niners run game coordinator to be your head coach in what world does this not work well in the world it doesn't work they trade him to denver and just re-signed the San Francisco running backs that McDaniel had success with in Moser and Jeff Wilson. So that was brutal. And I'll I'll finish with one more hit for you. Chris Olave. He was going in the hundreds. Folks, listen to this. If a team uses high draft capital or trades up to get a receiver, that means they're going to use him in fantasy. A lot of the times. Sky Moore would beg to differ, but he that's kind of an outlier. Chris Olave, the Saints, that's true. The Saints traded true. up to rounder. 11 to pick him. I mean, that's all you need to know about the opportunity that he's going to be granted. And then he was sick at Ohio State for three, four years. So uh, the lesson there is be high on first round rookie wide receivers, except this year sucks. So. Mm, I don't Maybe know. Don't. Watch out for Johnston. Watch out for Johnston. That's Let's my see guy. where he lands. I'm kind of off him right now. I mean, he might go late first. I've seen him anywhere from 10 down to like 45 on mocks. So he could be one that winds up going late first. Somebody moves up to get him. We'll see what QB and offense he ends up with. Any other fantasy notes? No, I got some more, but we can save that for a later date. Let's finish the show with some of the latest across the league. Let's start with some quarterbacks. I know you want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. He's out of his darkness retreat, and it sounds like he's entering a breakup with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, all the quotes may like, let's not drag this on, yada, yada, yada. I made my decision. It's it's a done deal. It's just a formality at this point. Sounds like it's going to take some time to find that right trade package. I don't think that Green Bay is even going to get a first back based on the contract Rodgers has and how much power he has. It could be a one and done where he retires after the year. So I think it's going to be a pretty mediocre package that Green Bay gets back. And it sounds like it's either going to be the Raiders or the Jets. I'm, I've been clamoring for the Jets. I think that'd be sick. Did you hear about their pitch to Derek Carr? Oh, that he could be a Hall of Famer? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what the hell? How? Uh, I, I'm I'm higher on car than most people are, so I didn't feel like Dude. it was that ridiculous, but... Eh. That is the most desperate thing I've ever heard. You're trying to tell Derek Carr he's going to be a Hall of Famer and he's never even won a playoff game. Yeah, that's a tough sell. It's a tough sell. I don't think New York's really the right fit for him, but he's going to end up somewhere. I mean, it's... They're the Saints and maybe the Colts. Those are like the only three teams I think he's still talking with. Yep. Lamar Jackson, um, he is wanting a Deshaun Watson type deal. And the Ravens are still refusing to give it to him. I think they're way off. They came out today and said they're still, you know, optimistic they're going to get a deal done. But to me, the longer he's getting traded out, yeah, the more likely it is that he gets dealt. They're going to tag him. He's going to refuse to play. They're going to end up trading him. I don't care what type of tag it is. He's going to get moved. Uh, Atlanta, there's been a lot of rumors there. I think Atlanta, Miami, or Tampa are the three realistic options of where he could end up. I don't know about Tampa because they have come out this week and said Trask is the guy, and they have 
a sticky cap situation. So I'm just not sure they're going to be able to do it unless they're sending players back. The cap is tough. They would have to shave off some more salary, but the tracks or the Trask stuff, like it was, yeah, we believe in him. We think he could be the guy, but it wasn't anything definitive of he is our QB one to start the season. It was all very vague quotes of we feel good about Kyle. We think he could run this offense. It wasn't like a definitive done deal that he's the guy. He's going to get a shot. It sounds like oh, we'll see. He will unless they go trade for someone big. Yeah, we'll see with Lamar. Other QB news. Sounds like Ryan Tannehill will be returning to Tennessee. He was kind of shocked about how uh, adamant their GM was with that. I, I thought they're a team who has had success in recent years and should look to improve that position. Guess they're not going to. They just don't really have a lot of options. I mean, unless you think Derek Carr is the guy. Yeah. I I don't. So we've covered yeah, I mean, that. I, at that point, might as well run it back with Tannehill for one more year. And with the cap space and issues they have, I don't think they were going to be able to do much besides Tannehill anyway. So, yep. And then there's been a few notable releases. One Carson Wentz cut by the Commanders <laughs> that saved them twenty six million dollars. Huge W for them. It's a Sam Howell show. Mariota cut by the Falcons. We talked about that one. And then some position players. Bobby Wagner moving on from the Rams. I think Dallas. Did he retire? He was he was really good for them. I don't know. I think he, that situation One year just left, got maybe? so bad. Yeah. I think Dallas will probably go get him. <laughs> Seems <laughs> likely. Yeah. And then yep. Kenny Galladay, that experiment is finally over in New York. Leonard Fournette. Kenny Galladay owes Matt Stafford a lot of money, man. Yes, Matt Stafford made people think he was a possible wide receiver one, and he got some big old bags thanks to Matt. Yeah, no doubt about that. Leonard Fournette will be released by the Bucks on March 15th. I don't know how much more he has in the tank. He's done. He's done. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting. I've seen a lot of mocks. They have Tampa taking a running back. Like, I've seen Bijan Robinson mocked there in multiple. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah had that. And I was thinking, that doesn't make any sense. You've got Rashad White late in the draft last year. He's been super productive. Why would you waste that draft capital on another running back? Yeah, I mean, DJ's DJ loves Bijan. He thinks he's a top five player in the class. So he's he's got to put him in the first round somewhere. I think that's what he's doing there. He had him at like 18. I mean, I just, I don't see it. Yeah, I, I don't either. And then Joe Mixon, not officially cut, but sounds his like time in the league's be. about over. His yeah. time in the league's about over. Honestly, the off the field stuff's catching up with him. I think if that incident doesn't happen, then maybe he's not being talked about right now. I agree. He also can't stay healthy. Yeah, tough sitch there. All right, let's close it with this. The combine is going on. We got some unfortunate news about Jalen Carter potential yeah. first pick overall he's got an arrest warrant out for him we'll just let that play out see what happens there before we say too much and mm -hmm. i want to close it with bryce young that's the guy that is the guy he has my stamp if i'm betting on one qb it's bryce young i'm gonna try and make some moves man i think i think in dynasty i might have to empty the draft capital to move up the board and try and get him all right well he is not throwing at the combine CJ Stroud, move. Will Levis, Anthony Richardson will throw. Sounds like Bryce Young's just going to weigh in. He's been doing nothing but eating over the last couple weeks. Try to get up to 200 pounds. Then, wow, would you draft him higher now, Peter, because he weighs eight more pounds? All I'm saying is he scares me a little bit long term. I think he's going to be good. Nah, he's I, the guy. I think that's a smart move by him to not throw at the combine because he should be the top guy. I think we both agree on that. He's going to be yeah. top three no matter what. So there's there's nothing worth risking there. Right now, he's unequivocally the best quarterback in this class. Now, there's still quite a bit of rumblings that it could wind up being Stroud, Richardson, or Levis, but... I think that would be a stupid move. Bryce Young seems like the guy. That's where I would go. I forget health concerns. I think the way that he plays in the pocket, he'll be fine. My concern with those smaller guys that take a beating are the ones that are outside of the pocket, scrambling, taking the licks, you know, Lamar, Fields, those type of guys. Now I get you could say like, oh, Bryce is kind of built like Tua. You know, he couldn't really stay that healthy let's, at Bama. Not, Maybe there's let's concerns. Let's not speak that into the ether. 
Who would you compare him to that's been injured like the way he plays? I don't have concerns about his size just because he is a pocket passer. He's mobile. He can get out and move, but he's not running the read option. He knows how to fall. I'll give him that. He's very athletic. Un- he's a dog, un- bro. Like, like, <laughs> but yeah, he's a dog. I'm a huge fan. It sounds like he's going to throw at his pro day where he's got his receivers and he can just look sick out there. So yeah, smart decision by him. I think he will end up being the first quarterback taken. But that's where we're at. Oh, and then all right. Last thing before we go. Do yeah. you think Justin Fields gets traded? Because I'm starting to hear some whispers and see some stuff that makes me wonder if they would consider possibly moving him for a huge haul and then taking Bryce Young at one. I don't. I think the only way they would is if they get a great offer. Like, so you get, let's say you get like a, like an offensive or defensive lineman that can help you right now, get better in the trenches. And then you get two first round picks for him. Would you take that? Two first. No one in the world has given up that. They're going to do that for Lamar Jackson. Two first. Yeah, look Come at Fields. on now. He's younger and he's still on a rookie deal. Two first. What are you saying? That's crazy. If you're a team like, let's say, Washington, that I has think no he would shot maybe at Maybe go for a second. This guy was. Did you see what he did last year? I mean, people were talking about him as being the next most exciting player in the league and yada, yada, yada. And I know there's some health concerns, but he balled. How many times did he throw for more than 200 yards? Only a handful. But when you've got a mediocre offensive line and Darnell Mooney's your number one receiver, I don't know what else you can expect from him. But when you watch the tape and you watched him play, he was very explosive, very exciting, and made a lot of things happen that you wouldn't have expected with the Bears. And I think that there would be teams who would give up a first and a plethora of other picks or possibly two firsts to go get him if they're desperate for a QB and have nothing else. And if I'm the Bears and I can get a QB that maybe I like a little bit more, he's younger, I get more time on that rookie deal, and I get a nice package of assets back, maybe a player that can help me now in some picks, it's worth considering. I think it's worth considering, but I don't think anyone in their right mind is giving up two firsts for him. We'll just have to see. I think see they might, that. man. He's only played two years. I think he has a long way to go as a passer. I, I could argue Jalen Hurts was further along as a passer a year ago than Fields was after this year. I don't know. I mean, seeing her misses throw a lot to like Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, he doesn't have any weapons. I know. I know. Cole Komet is his best receiver, brother. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, I, I know. I want to believe in him. I, I sort of do. I'm not all the way there, though. Like, I have major doubts about him as a passer. That's where I'm at. And I think, yeah, that's valid to have some concerns, but I'm just not going to read too deep into the passing numbers, given the fact that Chicago had a bottom five offensive line in the league and the worst receiving core in the league by a mile. Not even close. I'll, I'll say this. If they were to trade him, is Bryce Young a good fit in cold weather Chicago? Do we have confirmation that their new stadium is going to be indoor? Because that would change things. Then the whole or three of four places in your division are indoor. You're still going to have to go play at Lambeau once a year, but I mean, 190 pound Bryce Young. Bryce Young's a dog. I'm not. I'm not worried about the cold weather. I'm not worried about that. Are there other QBs that you think make more sense? Because in my opinion, if you are going to make that move, it's got to be for Bryce. I don't see a project like Richardson being a better option. I think that's a very similar package to what you have with Fields and like Levis. I'm not willing to make that move. Maybe Stroud. Maybe. Mm. No, I think if someone gives you a good offer, okay, trade fields, take young, but then you need to be using every single pick you have to improve the people around him. Because if you put Bryce young out there with that offensive line and those receivers, he will be injured next season. I'll guarantee you that. All right. Well, I don't want to guarantee injury here, but 
yeah, his odds of staying healthy. Anyone's odds of staying healthy with that Bears offensive line are not too high. Uh, I mean, I, I don't care if, if you throw freaking Rob Gronkowski out there and have him taking hits. Like, I guess that's a bad example because he couldn't stay healthy. But you get what I'm saying. Like, there's no one you could put out there. Eli Manning, you know, Mr. Iron Man who never missed any games. Like, no one's no one's going to be able to make it through a season with that line. But I think they will address it. I think they'll get better. And if you get additional draft capital where you could go get another offensive lineman and another receiver, maybe it's worth it. Yeah, I think the whole dream trade back thing, they go from one to two. Houston takes Young at one. They go from two to four or whatever. Is that the Colts, I think? Yep. If, if they can do that, and it, it, hell, if they could go... Even go from one to two and then two to like nine and just stack up picks. Get Peter Skaronsky, the Northwestern tackle. He doesn't even have to leave the city to go play for the Bears. And then they're adding like three other first round picks. I think that yeah, you is take uh, you take Quentin Johnston late in the first, maybe another receiver nah, in the he second looks or too third. much like Kevin White. Oh, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, dude, you take Smith and Jigba, who um, that Fields, guy couldn't even stay healthy in college. Oh what are you talking about? Fields has publicly lobbied for him, and Smith and Jigba knew he was going to go first round. It's the same thing that he's Chase He's a twig. Did. He weighs like you want to make the Bryce Young, he's too skinny argument. Oh Smith and Jigba's like 165 pounds. Dude, hey, skin and bones. He looks like me. He's 6'1. He's fine. 6'1, 165, 170? No, dude. You know how small Devontae Smith is. <laughs> How heavy is Smith and Jigba? 6'1", 200. He's not that That's small, dude. You're, you're out of your mind. He's tiny when you watch him. Okay. All right. Let's get out of Same here. Same size as Bryce Young. <laughs> He's a receiver. You seen Tyler Lockett? That guy can make plays and get down on the ground without getting hit. Tyler Lockett's built different. Booker T product 918 out the mud. Built different. All right. Can't compare him. Let's get out of here on that note. Y'all know the drill. If you enjoy the show, please give us a five-star rating. Tell a friend about us. We appreciate all the love, and we'll be back next week. Peace.